Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where usually we uh, watch maligned movies and we find the silver lining, but we are not doing that today. What? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Andy. Wait, so I watched Mac and Me for nothing? Yeah, you, we never even talked about it. Why would you watch Mac and Me? <laughs> I, I, I watched Mac and Me because I thought we were going to be talking. Oh, God. Did you? Did Paul Rudd message you? Is that why? <laughs> I messaged him and I said, I'm watching Mac and Me. And he said, who is this? <laughs> and how did you get this number? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I said, don't worry about it, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said you were the bomb in Ant-Man and you ran away. Yep. <laughs> but I Which didn't hang up Because it was phone, a phone so, call. Right. Because yeah. he just heard me running. So... It's like, uh, you can hang up at any uh, moment. You were the bombing <laughs> picture perfect, yo. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so all of that being said, uh, yeah, so what we th- what I thought was fun, apparently I forgot to communicate it to you, but uh, <laughs> what, what I thought would be a, a, f- a fun bit this week is, so that was the thing. We, we started the show last May. Um, we made a blood oath. Uh, under a full moon uh, to watch every maligned movie in existence and find its silver lining. And uh, so that the curse of uh, that was put on Andy's family would be lifted. Um, But what happened along the way that we didn't anticipate is we started pitching movies like (laughs) pretty consistently. Uh, And it's been a very fun through line that was not anticipated. Uh, So, because you know it's a it's a new year uh we're we're hoping 2021 is is at least incrementally better than 2020 but we're figuring maybe maybe one of you out there is a a movie producer and you're looking for the next billion dollar franchise and well my friend it might just be among these clips so what we did we compiled this is everything that we pitched uh from last year so i would have totally been on board with this i wish you had told me uh and now here i sit having watched mac and me but i think this is a great idea and i'm excited to reminisce and take a trip down memory lane uh to see all these wonderful movies we pitched since you did the work do you have a silver lining for mac and me is it just that part at the end that paul rudd always plays or 100 yeah okay that's what i figured (laughs) (laughs) it's the wheelchair accident 100 percent All right. Well, with that being said, here you go. Please enjoy our 2020 pitches. How old is Luke in the first movie? He's like a teenager. Like 17. 17. What were those 17 years? Those are what's interesting. You've got, uh, you know, Obi-Wan. I, I've always joked I'd love to see a Disney Plus uh, series that's just like sort of like Baby's Day Out or like a Mr. Magoo cartoon that's just Obi-Wan from a distance has to keep 
baby Luke alive without him knowing. Like he's just constantly stumbling into danger and there's a crazy old man in the shadows and we just see him age rapidly like every year that he has to keep Luke alive. Uh, maybe uh, that is the Obi-Wan Disney Plus series that's coming. I, that's my biggest dream is that's all I want it to be. Because there is an Obi-Wan Disney Plus yeah, series. Yeah, and it's going to be Ewan McGregor, and I think Ewan McGregor is great at this role, and, and I'm, I'm excited for it. But the, like, that to me is the show. It- I would love to see the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen like making of, like, but like not like the the Blu-ray extra making of. Because no. this is also one of the first Blu-rays ever made is another fun <laughs> fact about this movie. No, but yeah, I want to get, like find everyone... And get them now enough time has passed and they have no reason to not be honest because obviously they don't have careers in the industry. Right. So just get everyone truth serumed up to really like tell the stories of uh, the making of this movie, which seem infinitely more interesting than the actual movie. Like when you're at a point where you're you can't even fake it for Entertainment Weekly that you're excited to be there. Right sharks aren't that <laughs> dangerous in reality well no because well because it's highly unlikely that a lot of sharks are even going to run across humans yeah in general um but i think it's that like cows kill more people in a year than sharks do mm-hmm. pretty consistently and we ain't scared of cows until our book comes out that we've been yeah. working on <laughs> uh it's just like jaws it's just called moo and it's, yeah, it's just moo. It's about this uh, sheriff that goes to a, a small dairy town and uh, they're getting ready to have their cheese festival and they don't want to shut it down because there's so much money uh, that comes in into cheese festival. But then People the cows milk those cows in the dairy fields. But then the cows start going mad and uh, they start attacking people because I feel like this is the test for any movie was early on. She got up for something and i was like do you want me to pause it and she was like no and then at towards the end of the movie she got up again and said can you pause it so like it 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 turned that corner from eh i don't need you to pause it to pause it i want to see what happens so like it gets there (laughs) yeah i think that's that it passes the pause it test which is a a thing i just made up but i like let's trademark that yeah, it's we the yeah. If you if you use it, which we encourage you to, just stick five dollars in an envelope and just mail it to us. Mail it to us. Maybe there's a class that they all have to take to be British spies where you learn how to do perfect clown makeup. Yeah, you have you, one of the one of the you know, the electives is clowning. Mm-hmm. Where they have some of the famous like, you know, European clown school, French circus clowns teach. Yeah, they bring in like really, you know, uh, sometimes they have fun with it and they'll bring in like Violent J to do a guest seminar or something. <laughs> but uh, oh. I'll have a Fago shaken, not stirred. Um, a shaken Fago is a staple <laughs> of the gathering of the juggalos. That's... Well, you got to get them to spray, you know, you yeah, got to shake no, them up a... and then spray them all over the, yeah, obviously. Also, hey, look, you know, if, if if you want to get to six Daniel Craig, James Bond movies, and as we established, there has to be a clown scene. If you want Andy and I to come on board to write James Bond infiltrates the gathering of the juggalos, I think we can, I think we can do that. (laughs) That's, that's the one area that I think hasn't been touched by the Bond franchise is the gathering of the juggalos. I'd like to get some netting. I feel like there's a lot of pop culture ephemera out there that could be improved by throwing in a kaiju battle. It's never, I mean, I'm never going to complain 
if you're no definitely not also um, if that's not where look the fast and the furious franchise has two options you either get to a kaiju battle or you go to space there really isn't another option no that they're, they're they're painting themselves into the, into those corners for sure that why not a giant vin diesel fighting godzilla or yeah. something why not at this point yeah, you could go like the Muppet movie. You just like they did with Animal. You find a way for Vin Diesel to like drink a potion or something, and he just becomes giant. Yeah, why not? Um, and well, then he pours to, it into the gasoline of his car, so that he also has a giant car. Obviously, well, clearly he's gonna have to if he's gonna if there's gonna be a giant Vin Diesel. If there's gonna be a giant Dom Toretto. There's gonna be a giant car for mm-hmm. Dom Toretto to drive. Yeah, like that just goes without saying. Out of the gate, do we want to talk about the fact that Roger Ebert loved this movie, or do you want to save that for later? Um, I think I think it's good to put that out there that Roger Ebert loved, loved, loved this movie. Roger Ebert, whose opinion I respect quite a bit. I would say this and the fact that he hated Usual Suspects are the two most glaring differences of opinion that, that we've had. Um, Because he gave Usual Suspects one star, Mm -hmm. the same rating he gave Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. Yeah, well, I mean, those those movies are practically the same film. Okay, that's fair. Fair is fair. Yeah, I'll I'll concede that point. Um, but because if you haven't seen Garfield, A Tale of Two uh, Kitties, it's the story of a detective who's trying to figure out who ate the lasagna, and Garfield is in his office pretending to be normal the whole time. And then he just drops a mug at the end and it says normal. Yeah. The mug says I hate Mondays on the outside of it. But then when he drops it on the bottom, it says normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's great. Some of Bill Murray's best work. Did he even do Garfield's voice in that one? He did. He did. I thought so. He was contractually obligated. God, I would love to find out why not retcon it and have Nicolas Cage as an older, wiser Memphis Reigns show up and nine fast nine furious there's literally no reason not to do that one nick cage would do it two it why not just because honestly it would just it's what should happen because then you could just retroactive the, the continuity of those movies is a mess anyway so why not retroactively say that this is now a prequel to the fast and the furious but yeah put memphis and they, and they just have a big car stealing competition you know? Yeah, no, Memphis and Kip have to, they, they're competing with Dom and the gang to see who can steal 50 cars in four days first. And The Rock and Delroy Lindo team up to try to catch them. <laughs> oh my God, did we just make a billion dollars? I think we did. And then also all of this takes place on uh, in space because that's right. where it's all headed anyway. So It's a world where Jason uh, has been captured uh, you, we heard that like they tried to do various death sentences to him, which I have a lot of questions about that because one, does that mean they had a trial and was he in the trial? Like, was he <laughs> sitting there at the defense table <laughs> in, in a little suit and tie? <laughs> yeah. Still wearing the hockey mask, but he's like cleaned up. It's a new hockey mask. Like they have him looking at as good as possible. And he had to sit there at the defense table for the whole time. He's got. He's got a 56 extra long Brooks Brothers suit on. Yeah. But then he stabs the bailiff, so the, the tri- it's a mistrial. And <laughs> it took a while to actually get the conviction because he kept God, murdering Jason people. Jason goes to court. That's oh, the God. movie. 
man, we are just a factory of just great ideas. And yeah, Jason goes to court. We will write that for sure. It's it writes itself. Also, can Freddie be the judge? That's the, that's it. It's just somehow Freddy Krueger. It's a dream court. Look, it writes itself. We got this. Yeah, this like, is, we we will uh, coming to theaters to you, twenty twenty two. Jason we'll see, goes to court. We'll see if Tom Cruise is willing to play, you know, the guy cross-examining uh, Jason who breaks him on the stand. <laughs> I want the truth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to meet the person that doesn't like the Muppets. I'm just going to put that out there. No, I don't want to know that person. No, that's a dark, dark soul. Like, who hurt that person? Like, who... Who damaged them so much that they can't even find joy in the Muppets? Yeah, I don't know. Even like the Muppets that don't find joy in the Muppets, which are obviously Statler and Waldorf, are still delightful. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, so delightful. I mean, they find joy in their own way. They they hate the Muppets. Yeah. And there's a bit of self-loathing, but they're also, they, they're self-loving in that self-loathing. And also, I mean, they're a gay couple that goes to the theater every weekend together who clearly love each other. And it's beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful. And I feel bad that they're from a time where they still had to, you know, live closeted lives uh, with wives and everything when clearly they were the match and they were the ones that love each other. So maybe they have a nice relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Everybody always speculates about Bert and Ernie, but it was actually Statler and Waldorf. That... I don't think those are mutually exclusive premises. <laughs> That's true. Uh, because, well, as we all know, Statler and Waldorf are actually Bert and Ernie from the future in a looper right. situation who have come back to murder Bert and Ernie to close the loop. But then they fell in love with, with the theater and with each other and then finally got to be their true selves. Oh, my Man. God. We need to make this movie. Oh, my God. I know it's become just assumed at this point that we're going to pitch something brilliant. But that, my friend, that was beautiful. That's the best we've ever done. Oh, my God. We did it in under five minutes. And we haven't even mentioned the title of the movie that we're talking about yet. Yeah. And we already hit the perfect movie pitch. I think we're doing the wrong show. I think that's what we realized is that, like, the real silver lining is the movies we made up along the way. If it was more of that, if they were just like hackers that were like hacking their grades and sort of like like lower stakes, like, you know. Right. Or even if that's like the initial setup and they eventually get too big for their britches and they're like, well, we've hacked the school attendance. We've ruined the principal Wendell Pierce's life. Yeah. Uh, let's see if we can hack NORAD or whatever. Yeah. Or, or like or it's something the that they... Or, yeah, maybe. Oh, this would have been good. Look at this. We're pitching again. But uh, <laughs> love it. Uh, I'm in. Well, yeah. So that's where it starts. Yeah. First of all, Wendell Pierce is the principal. I love it. Like, I really do. He like takes their computers away. And that's why they're they're ruining his life. Because uh, he's like, there's no future in computers. And they're like, we'll show you. Uh, but like, maybe there's one guy that wants to be in the group, but they never let him in. But they're like, so he he's the one who really like. I'll, I'll, you'll have to let me in because I'm going to hack Norad. <laughs> and they're like, whoa, buddy. Like, like he's just the one guy that's like the hanger on that goes way too far with it. And then they have to bail him out. Right. And then, then you can almost do the rest of the movie and still have the stakes feel like stakes. I don't know. Christopher McQuarrie is great. I really want to put that out there in case uh, he doesn't know it. Like, um, you know, because he it's just funny to me because he's one of those. I don't feel like he's a name. Like, I don't. He's I not. Feel, people know his work, but they don't know the name Christopher McQuarrie, which is 
weird for a guy who won an Academy Award for writing The Usual Suspects. The fact that he's not super well known, just like name recognition wise. Yeah. Um, and that he's directed some hugely successful movies. Yeah. And he's going to make two more Mission Impossible movies, which I'm very excited about because I will watch every movie that he and Tom Cruise make together, including the one where they go to space, because that's what has to happen eventually in all of these franchises. And and they run across the Fast and the Furious. And I would watch Mission Impossible meets Fast and the Furious. Why not? Yes, that's our pitch for this week. Yeah, that, that's our pitch for this week. It might be a step it's down. It's MIFF. Look, I love the Fast and the Furious, but it might be a step down for the Mission Impossible people. Like, I feel like the Fast and the Furious people need this collaboration more than they do. But but if it's yeah. just like, <laughs> if it's just 20 minutes of Vin Diesel and Tom Cruise uh, talking about family and what it means to each of them individually... I do have uh, another like small thing, but I sincerely, I think my favorite piece of writing in the whole movie was the way that she gaslit her two male friends into believing they were both secretly dating her by giving them each half of a matching love necklace and telling them they couldn't tell the other one that they were dating. I, I sincerely, I'm not kidding. I love that. That's good. No, it's yeah, great. <laughs> like great piece of writing. Like it really amused me. Uh, that that was how she settled that of like the fact that both of her male friends ha have clearly fallen in love with her and want her to choose one of them. And she does not want anything to do with either one of them. No, she just wants to be friends with them, which is totally fine. Yes. Uh, and it, it's because it, at one point in the movie, both of them come to the realization that teenagers shouldn't aren't good at bank robberies. Mm -hmm. So totally um, yeah. in order to get them over that hurdle, she yeah. convinces them that she's in love with them. Mm -hmm. and uh you know gives them the half half necklace like it's it's it is brilliant deception i just want to say as a note i know i'm doing a lot of like script notes on this but like i really wanted at the end for her to trick them into kissing each other i'm just gonna throw that out there of like when they were trying to get her to choose and she was like having them close their eyes like i think if she could have tricked them one more time and like if they had realized they were in love with each other and not her oh that would have been great it would have been nice i feel like yeah yeah but there was that tiny bit of gay panic when they were hugging in celebration they're like oh no boys can't hug there was yeah. a little bit of that so it's disappointing i think they just need to realize that 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 is really what they want because if you do like a a catch that kid, you know, 15 years later, Corbin Blue and Max Theriot are clearly in a relationship. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like, let's be honest, Kristen Stewart's in a relationship with a woman at that point, yeah, too. Like, I mean, you know. Right. Like, that goes without saying. Yeah. So, like, come on. <laughs> uh, which also, Hollywood, we're available if you. That's our pitch. Oh, my yeah. God. We did. We got a pitch in this week. <laughs> Catch that in kid there, 15 right? years later. Yeah. Catch that kid's kid. That's what... <laughs> Oh, God. They're adopted kid. Yeah, they've adopted a kid. And then they both have mysterious injuries that paralyze both of them. And now and... that kid needs to break into their grandmother's bank. It's even worse than the original bank. <laughs> Somehow the technology's gotten worse 15 years later. <laughs> it's just a bike lock at this point. <laughs> there are no cameras. Uh, every password that you have to enter is just one, two, three, four. Yeah. Um, and the, the keypad only has four buttons. So it's not like you get it wrong. Yeah. And even if you put four, three, two, one, it still gives it to you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh man! All right. Oh God. I'd watch that movie. Yeah, I'd watch that movie. Let's call up Kristen Stewart and she's, Corbin Bleu. I'm pretty she'd be sure into this. I think. I'm pretty sure I think she'd do this. I do think that we we need to get Beals though too. Like I don't think it's a movie without her. You need and I mean I would love the chance to work with John Carroll Lynch. Like that's mm-hmm. oh well. Hey, look, John Carroll Lynch, if you are listening, and uh, we know you are, yeah, then the part that we're gonna write for you is gonna be amazing. Like it's gonna be really complex. Uh, you know, I, I think that like. You're going to be the antagonist, but not the villain. Yeah, it, it, we're going to understand your point of view. Uh, you're also going to be reconciling with the fact that Robert De Niro isn't the actor that he was 15 years ago. You're really going to have to come to terms with that. And what does that mean for you? If you've loved him so much, then you're not the man you were 15 years ago, which is why you won't be steamrolled again by kids. Because really, isn't that when it all went wrong? The last time that you really went to bat for this family and had, did they ever remember that you went to bat for them? You, you saved them from jail. You gave them $50,000 out of your own money. You put your own career on the line after they manipulated you. They lied to you in order. They played you for a fool. Yeah, they weren't your friend. They just steamrolled over you and you did the right thing. And did they even remember it? No, they don't. And now it's your turn to make them remember. Do you get a Christmas card from any of them? No. No, you don't. No. Not a chance. They also didn't even give that model back that they stole from the bank, and that thing was expensive. Those aren't cheap. I mean, yeah, those that was a big model. That was as tall as uh, the kid that took it. Yeah. There you go. God, so, we have so many movies to write. <laughs> Hollywood, start paying us for these, because it's a lot of work. So, there you have it. I think the the end says it all. Hollywood... Start paying us for these. Yeah, sign sign those checks, make them out to cash because we live off the grid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, tax purposes. You know, we don't want to like y- you understand. You know, we're not we're we're kind of liquid at the moment. You know, I got a lot of money tied up in blockchain, so the- yeah, anything we can have to be more liquid is is really beneficial for us right now. There were more pitches about the Fast and the Furious than I remembered. I kind of want to say that there were fewer pitches about Fast and the Furious than I remember. I feel like we were always trying to shoehorn Dom Toretto and the gang into all of our movies. I think the... Also, it's funny. I I think my favorite part listening to all of that together is there... (laughs) There are weird themes that we come back to because like... With Christopher McQuarrie, we kind of like we the usual suspects thing weaves in and out. The Muppets are definitely weaved in and out a few times. Like it, it's very interesting. Our what appears to be our go tos. But look, we're eclectic Hollywood. Don't don't let that limit you. That's just our our pitches for last year. This year they're going to be totally different. Yeah. Um, we also, you know, men discovering their true sexual identities it seems to be a recurring theme in a lot of them. So. <laughs> That could be exciting for the future of this show. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I, I don't know what what Chekhov's gun we've placed on the mantle yet, but <laughs> you know, hey, a lot of self-discovery. Uh yeah. I, th- I think that's important. Um, and kaiju battles. And kaiju battles. I mean, but that's just good writing. That's yeah. just, you know. So, look, I that was I, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, I know that uh, I enjoyed it and I imagine Andy you probably enjoyed uh reminiscing. Very uh, much so, yeah. Still always send us cash if you want. We we would love it. Uh but also 
I, I, there is one other quest that we have. Obviously, we're trying to pitch movies. We're trying to get paid. Uh, but we, we've struggled with something else in this show, and that is our sign-off. Uh, we don't have one. Yeah, and no, not even close. We have been trying every episode. We've tried out different ones. There's, there is one sign-off that, that is the leading contender for sure. But uh, it's I'm not sold on it. I'm just gonna no. Say. I'm not. Yeah, I almost think we should retire it and start fresh at this point. Okay. So yeah. So I think so. The last thing we're gonna go ahead and, and sign off now. But, but to do so, we're actually gonna share with you all of the sign offs from all of our previous episodes. Uh, but yeah, if I mean, if you feel strongly about any of these, hit us up. Let us know what you think the sign off should be, or if you want to pitch a new sign off, open to that. Uh, but yeah, I think maybe you're right, Andy. Let's, let's play these and then let's purge them. Clean the slate. New year, new sign off. Yeah. All right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was like, a, I was like, well, then we have to say a sign off now. And I'm like, no, we don't. I just going to hit play. We got a bunch. Yeah. So, so we, no one cares about what type of movies might play in Des Moines, Iowa. Cause we're not going to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're done taking up real estate in our head, Des Moines, Iowa. So that's how it is. There it is. Until then, may the force Until be with you. Then. This is <laughs> keep looking for those silver linings. Yeah, keep reaching for the stars and looking for those. So we got to work on a. Uh, yeah, we got to find a good sign off. We still we don't have it. a sign off. I don't think we did. We come up with one. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Nope. I don't think we did. Keep looking for your own silver lining. Yep. And remember, keep it sleazy. <laughs> there it is we found our sign off <laughs> i think that's it we should just try a different one every week and then we'll, we'll eventually get there it's nerfer it's nothing and now here's andy with our famous sign off <laughs> smell you later so keep on trucking on down that highway of life <laughs> <laughs> and when life gives you wolves give them wings keep looking for that silver lining (laughs) and just what was her name again oh justice for maria patillo justice for maria patillo may all your gentlemen be extraordinary (laughs) that's our sign off we did it (laughs) and remember martian sci-fi doesn't play in middle america there's our sign off we did it (laughs) Well, I think we did it. Uh, if you want to hit everybody with our classic sign-off, I think we're out. And that's the end of that chapter. You got to love our our accuracy. You know, we we've we're flaw we're we are flawless all the way. Like a satellite being redirected to melt Gotham City, we bring the heat. <laughs> we found our sign-off. I think. <laughs> Hashtag release the Alan Taylor cut. Hashtag release the Alan Taylor cut. <laughs> All right. We did it. Yep. And that's our, that's what's weird is that is our sign off. That's how we've ended every show is by saying, so let's just say it one more time in unison and then that, that'll be the sign off. <laughs> we released did it. it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's it. We're done. All right. Well, I think just hit us with our famous catchphrase and then, then men of steel. Yeah, uh, our famous catchphrase, Martians don't play in middle America. (laughs) No asymmetrical trees. Yes, asymmetrical trees. (laughs) So yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think we did it.
So remember, we've buried enough members of the Brody family. <laughs> Michael Caine deserves a house. <laughs> so yippee kaye, motherfuckers. Is that our new sign-off? Sure. Great. And now oh. our classic sign-off. 15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. O-E-O-E-O. So I think all that's left to do, Andy, is if you just want, you want to hit him with our classic catchphrase? Martians don't play in middle America. There it is. I think we did it. I think, I mean, this was an easier one, but I think we did it. Yeah. Uh, remember that not the mama. Justice for Maria Pratillo. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think we did it. I think we did it. So I think the only thing left, obviously, is uh, to hit our famous closing catchphrase. We motorboat the son of a bitch. I think we did it. Yeah, I think uh, if you're ready, I'll just go ahead and hit him with our famous sign-off. Do it. We motorboat the son of a bitch. And remember, the caves won't save us. I don't think there's anything inherent in October that we could thematically watch movies about. Yeah, nothing I can think of. But just know, whatever movies that we do watch, uh, we'll approach them the same way that we've approached every movie thus far, which is to say... We motorboat the son of a bitch. Yeah, so I think we did it. So let's uh, close it as we always do. Martians don't play in middle America. <laughs> I think all that's left to do is uh, you just got to hit him with our classic sign-off. Justice for Carl Stryken. But, you know, that's me and my perspective. Because I'm a humanist. I'm a fan of man. <laughs> oh, God. So many names. Call me dad. It delivered the promise on the box. Yeah, or I guess another way to put it would be... We motorboat the son of a bitch. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, so, you yeah, know. Yeah, I think we did it. Undefeated still. So as we always say, you know, Martian sci-fi doesn't play in middle America. It does not. So that's going to do it. Remember, Martian sci-fi doesn't play in middle America. So remember, uh, Martian sci-fi doesn't play in middle America. It sure doesn't. Yeah. So just <laughs> tune in next week to find out if we save Kip McIntyre. <laughs> uh, and also remember that uh, Martian-based sci-fi does not play in middle America. Wait till that one pays off. That's a, so we're gonna we're gonna watch some maligned pornography and find the silver lining. But Andy, we're gonna have to find some bad pornography. Oh God. Well, you know what? I'm willing to do the work if you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just remember, uh, teens are bad at planning Martian sci-fi. Yeah, I. That's all we got. That's <laughs> that's really all we got. Um, it's important to know that. Martian sci-fi does not play in middle America. Also, Andy's been a ghost this whole time. What? <sighs> well, as we always say, there's no rule against dunking on a dog in a game of basketball, <laughs> and Martian sci-fi does not play in middle America. Happy Life Day, everyone. <laughs> Happy Life Day. Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? 
Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We, we have, have to, to ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peaksloft Network at peaksloft.com. <laughs>